Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Daylight Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Burrows. You can find me on Twitter at Todd, T-O-D, with one D from PA. And uh, we're back doing the podcast on a day where there is a seven-game late slate. And there's one game actually going on right now. As the Blue Jays are on top of the Red Sox 4-1 to in the ninth inning with Ramirez on trying to close that game out. Um, Most people didn't play that game due to the fact that it was so early. Uh, Most people will be playing the seven-game slate, and uh, the Mauler and I will be together today doing the uh, lineup building that we like to do, hopefully taking home some money. But first, I just wanted to talk about uh, something that I did this weekend, And uh, I went to the fantasy boot camp up in Boston and it was as good as I could have hoped. Um, I had gone to the boot camp in New York in November that Roto Grinders did. And I I said at the time, it was one of the best times I had as an adult. And this was equally good. A uh, lot of great presenters were there. J.M. Tawin was there. Uh, Paul Sporer, Derek Carty, and Dave Lofgren, along with Al Zeidenfeld, whose Daily Fantasy Boot Camp is actually the one who hosts these things. And uh, something that I thought was really interesting that they did besides the presentations, which each in their own way were very good and each kind of what was interesting about them is they were each very different guys um, with different philosophies that kind of get you to the same end result. So it was very interesting to hear, let's say Derek Carty, who is all numbers driven um, versus JM to win, who has his own process that is heavily reliant on numbers but has more intuition and feel um, where Derek kind of just would, let's say, run his projections and be pretty close to what he ends up with. Um, but one thing they did that I want to talk about that I really thought was great and, and really made the whole experience for me is they had two breakout sessions. And the breakout sessions, you literally sat down at a table with one of the presenters And did my favorite thing, which is what we do on this podcast a lot, which is to build a live lineup. And I sat at Al Zeidenfeld's table and uh, it it was, you know, the chance to actually sit there and talk to and have the access 
Um, I, I thought that kind of really tipped it off for me and made it great. You want to hear the presentations, follow me on Twitter. Um, Al's site is dailyfantasybootcamp.com. He gives daily projections, and you get his baseball NBA uh, projections every day and the same projections he uses to build his lineups. And you also get the videos for all the boot camps that have been done. So um, if you want to see what a boot camp might be like to see if it's worth investing your time, energy, and money to go, uh, I would advise giving it a month and uh, it's only $30. I've been a member for about six months now. And, um, that's uh that that kind of caps it off. Um, actually, my favorite experience though at any of these boot camps was that's where I met the Mauler. Isn't that right, Mauler? Yep, uh, back in November, and we hit it off, and kind of been together ever since. And uh, piggybacking off the boot camp, which Al uh, does a great job at, um, I kind of got the same idea just as he was starting his, but. Um, just in a little different manner with Daily Fantasy School. I'll be launching that in the next week or two. And uh, we got it narrowed down to uh, pretty much get started here. And, you know, we're just trying to uh, pump it up and get as much uh, excitement about it going as possible. So that's something I'm excited about doing. And, um, you know, I don't get I'm not as excited for that as I as, as excited as I am to do shows with you, but it's something that I'm pretty pumped about, you know, being able to work and, and do something within daily fantasy is always, you know, something that I enjoy and I'm glad that it was something I thought of and, you know, kind of stuck with it and, and I'm almost ready to go here. Well, that is exciting news. And you know that I'm going to be checking it out. I think there's a balance that has to be made you know, you can't afford to be on every site. My first year, I, I, I just, if I thought I wanted to be part of a site, thank God I've got the money. Uh, I would just join the site and I'm starting to thin the herd a bit. Um, and the whole goal is to teach you to fish. And what's interesting is all five of the guys who presented are all successful in daily fantasy. They're all successful being themselves and finding what's worked for them. So I think the fact that you're starting a school doesn't take away necessarily from anyone else who does the school. And there are going to be some people who your way of doing things is the best way to do it. So I, I just wanted to kind of throw that in there, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and I think it, it boils back down and the funny thing is I know Al was also a coach and teacher, which was also my background. And I think we kind of um, have the same philosophy of coaching and teaching that we have for daily fantasy. And that start with the fundamentals, you know, start with the easiest part, start with the basic part and then work your way up. So I think that's one thing that is uh, common in the game. And uh, one thing that Al and I share because we, you know, of our past uh, backgrounds in education. Yeah, I think that's a very fair point. It's something that Drew Dinkmeyer, I don't know that he was a teacher per se, but something um, I think he did say that his family background had a lot of teachers in it or something. Um, I don't have a teaching background, but I do have a way of getting information across uh, coming from sales. But I, I, I need to get good at daily fantasy before I can teach others to do it. Um, I'm, I'm pretty honest always about where I'm at. And, you know, I, I think I do need to start playing some more cash games uh, to balance out my tourneys, but I've, I, I, I've done okay. And it, it certainly doesn't hurt that you and I had that big hit a couple months ago. That's, that's funded a lot of growth. Speaking of which, hopefully we'll hit it big again tonight. Uh, we're going to be building a DraftKings lineup right now, the way that we always do. Oh, any tournaments you have your eye on today, Moore? Oh, I'm going to be joining the heck out of the $3 tournament, but I think we should probably stick with the $27 payoff pitch, only 6,300 entries, and first place is a mere 20 grand. So if, you know, we build the right lineup, we can, we can uh, you know, fund our, fund our enjoyment for at least a few months. 
Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I have nothing against um, winning some money, and twenty grand to me would be outstanding to split two ways. So let's give it a go. I, I think the biggest question today is. I've been able to, and it's something that I heard JM to win mention at the seminar, almost every day that I've played this year, and for anyone who doesn't know, I am a beginner at MLB, but using some of the statistics that I've looked at and the people that I've read as well, I've been able to come up with a couple lower priced options in almost every slate that I want to play. And I don't know about you, Mauler, but I'm having trouble finding anyone that I really like that's not one of the top two guys. So why don't we talk about that as it relates to your overall thoughts on the slate? And that might give us an idea of where we want to take this lineup. Yeah, um, you know, we talked a little bit this morning. We're both in agreement that Syndergaard and Jose Fernandez are far in the head, um, the, the two guys that you want to use. Now, as I look down the list of pitchers, there's not much that I see that I really like, as you said. Um, I guess I would, if, if I'm, I'm needing money and I don't want to pitch the top two guys, I would try to sneak in Hector Santiago. But the thing I don't like about that is the White Sox is a hit. Uh, Chicago is a uh, hitter's ballpark. Uh, the White Sox have a few big boppers and a Brayu. Uh, Frazier and a few other guys down there in the five and six hole. Um, but, you know, you could try and sneak him in. I don't mind Jared Eikhoff. The problem is is he's facing Noah Syndergaard, and uh, Thor has one of the best uh, chances to win his game today. So if you're you're trying to pitch Eikhoff, you might want to go in with the understanding that you may get a quality start, you may get some strikeouts, you may get some points, but – getting a win out of that game might be pretty tough to do. So if you're looking to save money, I like those two guys. Um, I think Chase Anderson at 7,700 on the road against Minnesota is kind of sneaky. Minnesota hasn't played their best baseball, but they they come along this weekend and um, won a series from the Angels. So, um, I mean, those are the few guys that, that jump out at me. Um, Carlos Rodon is the third priced guy on the pitcher list today. He's a very viable option, but again, hitters ballpark. Um, the angels do have trout. The angels do have Pujols. They have a little pop. So I'm comfortable, very, very comfortable using the top two guys today and then trying to find value um, down in the rest of my lineup to plug in. Well, and, and I don't have a problem doing that. I think the interesting thing when you, look at it is I think there's going to be a lot of people who play Syndergaard. I would not be shocked at all, even in a $27 GPP to find him at 50%, 45, 50% tonight. And I think that most of the people who think they're being contrarian are going to go play Jose Fernandez. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him at 35 to 40%. Um, how contrarian is it to put two guys in that lineup together? I don't know. But a couple stats that really jumped out at me when it comes to, I mean, we all know about Syndergaard and you almost have to throw out the numbers that he's put up last year out because he's added a pitch. He's added a slider. And I, again, I haven't followed baseball in a long time, but growing up, I was a huge ball fan. And that's a nasty-ass slider. And I don't curse much on this show, but that is a nasty pitch. And I think you kind of have to throw out what happened with him in the past, even as good as he was. Um, so I, I think that Syndergaard and Fernandez together, uh, it, it's not contrarian, but if they both hit, it's going to be a big deal. Um, I've been doing something that I call a true K percentage for the day, which is essentially taking, this is something I got from JM to wins lesson. Thank you, JM. Um, so basically it takes Fernandez 31% uh, strikeout rate and it divides it by the league average of 20. And then it times it by his opposition, which today is 22.3%, which gives him a true strikeout rate of 35.1%, which is just obscene. So 
you know, how do you take away either of these guys? But I'll throw out a couple thoughts. Santiago is the other guy I was thinking of if we did go in another way. And the one guy that I did not mention um, that you didn't mention in the lower end is Dan Straley. And the reason I mention him is that um, at, at, at the salary he's at, which is extremely low, um, he's another option. I'm not saying we should do it, but that would be the only other guy. So um, I guess based on the way that we like to run this podcast and look for agreement, you sound pretty uh, tied into the two top guys. I, 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 so far I've made about half my lineups, you know, and I'd say about a third of them have both. So I have no problem with that either. So what position yeah, I, do you want to go to next? Who are the, you know, we're going to need some really good values, regardless of position, because we normally do it by position. Who are your best values overall on this slate? Well, one thing that um, I looked at is Cincinnati is supposed to score the most runs this evening. So I looked down their lineup to try and find value. And somebody we discussed earlier this morning is available at 2,500 at catcher, and that's Tucker Barnard. So being that Cincinnati is supposed to have a good night offensively, um, Barnhart is hitting over 300 on the season in his starts. And he's played a lot of games. It's not like he's hitting 300 in only a couple games. He's played over five games and had uh, over three at-bats in all of those. So I like Tucker Barnard at 2500 as a value at catcher. And then, you know, if you want to spend a couple hundred more, I like Wellington – well, our nickname, Beef Wellington Castillo um, at 2700 <laughs> All right. So, um, you know, I did throw out the name Barnhart today. He's got a very good um, WOBA and ISO difference versus the handedness of the pitcher he's facing today. He's got, he's got a little bit of pop and at $2,500, he's locked into the lineup as a starter. He is uh, in the seven hole. I will throw out the name. Um, the other catcher in that game looks like it's going to be Jordan Pacheco. Uh, I don't know if that's exactly how you pronounce it. He is batting second and that came up since we talked and he kind of has caught my eye a little bit uh yeah you know batting in the number two spot uh in that same game uh are they on the same damn team yeah that's what's confusing i'm going to go in and look and see um, go ahead see what because... the lineup is looking like because one of them might be playing first base um and giving Vado a day off because I think there's a lefty on the mound, but let me go check for sure. All right. And uh, that's, uh, that's a good idea. Yeah. I see them. I see Pacheco as a catcher. And again, I apologize. I am newer and I'm working as I'm, as I'm going, I'm learning and, and trying to use logic and, and a few different sources to go with, uh, you know, and I, I'll throw a shout out to Al Zeidenfeld. That was one of my big takeaways from him at the uh, DFS conference. He talked about he, he likes guys who might get more at bats. And if there's a tiebreaker, he'll go there. So I, I kind of like the idea of Pacheco. What did you find? Well, they both are playing. Um, the, the site that I looked at has them both listed as catcher. But I'm going out on a limb and saying Pacheco is going to play third base. Um, Here, because, I'll go look real quick on Roto Grinders. They've got the. Well, that's, uh, that's, di- that's what I looked what at. You- so I'm, I'm just actually going to the Cincinnati Red site, and they'll tell me right away. But Eugenio Suarez is not playing today, which gives me um, good inclination that uh, Pacheco is going to be playing third base. That's. Uh... That that sounds good. All right. So uh, do you agree that we should pop him in there? Yeah, uh, I think um, I think we can pop him in. And then, you know, somehow, for some reason, we need $100 at the end. We know where to find it. Very, very easy. Very easy. All right. So um, we're going to go over to um, let's go back and we'll look at the 
Um, I will mention the, for those listening that uh, most of the experts value guys that I looked at today was Miguel Montero, a guy I do like. Um, so keep him in mind. So let's look at the next guy that I think is a real interesting play. And he is even more interesting now. And that is at shortstop Zach Cozart. What are your thoughts on him, Mahler? And do you have any other value shortstops? Well, uh, my thought on him is plug him in because he is the guy that I had in my first lineup. Um, I think he's in a good position. He's hitting leadoff again. And, uh, you know, he's hitting over 400 on the year. A good good matchup. Um, I was wrong earlier. Jordan Lyles is right-handed, so Votto is in the lineup. But it does look like Pacheco's playing third. Um, I love Zach Cozart in that position, but for those people that listen that might need to save a few hundred dollars or are looking elsewhere, I like Andy uh, Hecavaria at 2,900. Tanner Rourke pitched well last time out for my uh, for Washington. However, he's not a huge strikeout pitcher. He pitches to contact, and you know Hecavaria is in a uh, a good lineup. They're going to have to score a few runs, you know, because they want to get Jose Fernandez a win and. I think he's a decent play down at 2,900. All right. So that gets us two reds. And I'm not tied to stacking. Um, I think, you know, this was JM to wins uh, thing that he talked about in the Boston boot camp. And it was something that I already had been kind of tickling at the back of my brain. If everyone's stacking, it can be contrarian just to play the best players. But that being said, sometimes you just want to make sure you're not missing out on uh, a good stack. Um, On the Reds, do you have anyone else that you might want to consider for this lineup? No, uh, like I said, we have Pacheco and we can pivot off Barnard. I like Cozart. Um, I don't mind playing Joey Votto. However, um, our remaining salary probably wouldn't allow it. But I do like uh, Votto and Phillips there and also Jay Bruce, who kind of kills right-handed pitching. But, you know, for the sake of us wanting to try and get to 100 total points between our two pitchers, uh, you know, we need to stay – within a, a reasonable uh, price structure. So um, I will have some, some red stacks, many of them in the $3, but I think for, you know, the lineup we're making now, I think the two we have are a great start. All right. Awesome. So that leads me to my next question, which is who would be the next value guy on your list? Uh, and we'll examine that position. Well, I like, uh, Justin Bohr at first base. I just talked about Tanner Rourke and how he's not a strikeout pitcher and he pitches to contact. The Marlins are at home. Uh, Bohr is a left-handed hitter against the right-hander Rourke, and he's a, he's a very good price today at uh, 3300 So he's my first base value play um, for the day, and I, I really like him. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Um... They say that uh, arguing is what makes a show, but uh, sometimes uh, our best lineups so far have been when we kind of agree. I, I, I did do some DFS baseball August, September last year, so I'm not completely a novice. And Bohr just seems to be one of those guys who just slips through the radar uh, another one of the things that Al talked about at boot camp was how first base, third base, and outfield are great places to be contrarian. Not that that's what we're looking to do, but there's so many good choices at those positions. And for that reason, I think a guy like Bohr rarely does much. And he's 3,300. He's batting fifth. I say we mock him in. Yeah. And for our listeners, you know, if you want to spend up a little, I think Albert Pujols is in a great spot today. Uh, White Chicago is a a hitter's ballpark. He uh, does really well against left-handed pitching. Um, We don't know what Carlos Radom we're going to get. 
Um, and he does have two home runs in the last three games, so he might be heating up a little bit. And he's still under 4000 at 3800 So if you do have a few extra bucks to spend and, you know, maybe you want to put a big name in there or somebody that's a little, you know, getting on a little bit of a roll, I don't mind Albert Pujols at 3800 for our listeners out there. You know, I obviously knew who he was, even though I wasn't following baseball for years. And I keep hearing how he's not the same player. So, you know, I've kind of avoided him a little bit. And But he's, he seems like, you know, I don't have his stats in front of me, but he seems like he's hitting pretty darn good. I, I notice him on some very good lineups so far this year. Yeah, the last couple games, um, I mean – if you take out a zero, uh, the game before last, he's gone 12, 13, 9, 19, and 16. So those are some great, you know, points per dollar, um, you know, if you, that's what you're looking for. I mean, I can't – I could never complain with anything over 10 points out of any of my players. Yep. And, you know, the Mauler and I plenty of times don't talk before the podcast because we want it to be – kind of natural. Uh, We did have a short conversation today, but I want to assure our listeners that there is no collusion that, uh, you know, we've come to these conclusions separately. Uh, We actually shared a value lineup this morning, and a lot of the same guys were on there. And if my memory serves, this next guy that I'm going to throw out was on yours. He was a guy who came in with a, a lot of hype. He's part of a good lineup. He bats second. And his salary is down 700 from where it started early in the year. I'm talking about San Francisco giant rookie Joe Panic at the Disco. And what are your thoughts about him? Yeah, I like him today. Uh, Arizona, I, I, I still don't know if we know who's pitching for them yet. Um, they've, it's, they've, uh, it's Bradley, I think. Yeah, and I think it was supposed to be De La Rosa, and he had to pitch out of the bullpen and whatnot. So it's a little strange. Um, Panic has gotten a little heated up the last two games. He's three for his last eight with a home run, a couple RBIs. Um, hitting out of the two-hole in San Francisco, he's got some great hitters behind him, and he's a good price, so I don't mind him at all at 3500 I'm looking down the list here, and – you know, like I mentioned earlier, I like Brandon Phillips at 3,800. I think he's a, a good play today. Um, as you go down, it gets really tough towards the bottom as far as looking for value because a lot of the players you're looking at are facing Syndergaard, are facing Fernandez, are guys that are platoon guys that you're not sure if they're playing. So I think we have a good choice in panic there with a um, you know pivot off to Phillips Phillips or Scooter Gannett at 3,900. Um, he was a guy who got off to a, a hot, hot start. He's tapered off. Um, he's got three home runs on the year, but the problem is, is he only has three RBIs on the year. So all three of his home runs were solo shots. And like I said, he started off like a bullet, but he slowed down. But, you know, if you're looking for somebody under 4,000, uh, he, he's a good choice at 3,900. And then Brandon Phillips right behind him at 3,800, hitting in the four hole for Cincinnati, who, like we said earlier, is supposed to score uh, plenty of runs today. Yep. And uh, I, I do think it's important that you put in the guy that you like the best. And if there's a tiebreaker, let's say we do end up with 300 left. Um, I do think it will make sense to switch over to Phillips because we do have the other two uh, reds. And that way, sometimes stacking, if it's close, it makes more sense to go with this. You're not trying to stack. It just makes more sense. So um, I'm okay with either of them. I've got panic in because he's less money right now and money's an issue for us. Um, Who is next on your list from another position? Well, uh, I'll just move straight down to the third base. The guy I have plugged in is just on fire right now, and that's Nolan Arenado. Um, He took John Lester deep twice yesterday. Uh, He went 0 for 4 the day before, but he was facing Arrieta. Um, You know, very few people are hitting him at this point in time, but um, if you take that game out, um, he's got a 46-pointer a few games back. 
So he's a guy that can that can you know get you huge amount of points uh, in a game. So he's the one guy that at the top of the pay scale that I like. If you want to move down um, and and look towards uh, saving some money, Matt Duffy is an option, but he's been struggling a lot lately. Uh, he was one of those guys that started off really hot. Um, he's under 200 now as far as batting average, but he's still got a couple homers and eight RBIs. I really like Javier Baez. Um, he's hitting 420, 429 in the two games that he's been back. The, Cub, the Cubs lineup is pretty solid. He'll be facing Mike Leake, who is decent, but you know he's not going to go out and strike out five, ten people. And then if you're looking to save a whole lot of money, I would look towards Aaron Hill. Um, he's a guy that I would say make sure he's in the lineup before you plug him in because uh, he's not a guy that plays every day. But, you know, if you're looking to save money, 2900 is a decent price for a guy that has home run potential. All right. So um, this is our first – I won't call it a disagreement because Arenado is totally on my radar, but with – uh, money being tight, a guy who also has been red hot and who I like a lot, and he's $600 cheaper, is Matt Carpenter. And, you know, right now we're looking at 3500 per position. If we stick in Carpenter at 4100 that drops us to 3300 for the outfield. And if we go with Arenado, that drops us down to 3,100. So what are your thoughts on Carpenter today? Well, I don't mind Carpenter. I like that he hits at the top of the order. Um, I'm kind of more afraid to figure out what John Lackey we're going to get. If we get the John Lackey that's going to get knocked around, then I like Carpenter. Um, but I just like the upside of Arenado a little more. Um, Carpenter's not gonna, a guy that's going to go out and hit two home runs, three home runs, and, and take over a baseball game, which very few people can do. Um, Arenado can do that. And like I said, he got 46 or 48 fantasy points a few games back. But the thing from from Carpenter that you know you're going to have a safe floor. Um, you know you're going to get – you know, six points out of him because he takes a lot of pitches. He works pitchers. He has uh, the ability to get a stolen base here and there. And he scores a lot of runs because he hits at the top of the order and has great hitters behind him. So um, I would call them 1A and 1B. I like uh, the upside of Arenado, but I like the floor and, you know, potential 20, 25-point outbreak from Carpenter. Yeah, and with the two good pitchers, I'm almost, you know, the reason I like Carpenter in, you know, what would really suck is if you make a nice value lineup and you've got your two pitchers and then your, I mean, variance can happen to anyone. It's baseball, but Carpenter is more likely to get on base, score a run. Uh, He's just been confirmed as I'm sitting here watching. He was just confirmed as the leadoff hitter today. But what we typically do, Mauler, when we are kind of at, I won't say odds, but when we're not sure which way to go and we have a 1A and a 1B, what we tend to do is we move on and see where we're at salary-wise at the end and, uh, and see who we like and who we don't. So um, I will throw out the first name in the outfield, if that's okay with you. Um, you mentioned the Arizona game, did you not? Yeah, I um I don't mind the Arizona game. I like uh I like some hitters against P V and there's one guy in particular that's been scorching hot the last few days that I'm looking at. Uh well what what let's let's just go to the mauler then. What uh who's the, the, the scorcher that you're interested in and let's see if he's the same guy. Well I'm I'm very interested in Yosmani Tomas at twenty eight hundred. Um he hit two home runs yesterday. Uh, the day before, he was three for six. Uh, he's had uh, 50 total fantasy points the last two games, and he's a guy that can, you know, flat out hit when he gets going. So he's a guy that I'm into. 
But I'm also into David Peralta in that game. I still think he's um, too cheap. He hasn't hit a home run yet this year, which I'm thinking he's due soon. Uh, San Francisco isn't a great hitter's ballpark, but when you have Goldschmidt hitting in front of you, Beef Wellington hitting behind you, you're going to get some pitches to hit, and he's still at around the 300 mark uh, as far as average. And I think he's due to put up some good power numbers soon. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, the guy I was thinking of was Peralta, and I wouldn't even mind putting them both in necessarily. Um, some of the other outfielders, one guy that has been pretty hot also and would make a nice, uh, a nice play with Carpenter is Brandon Moss, who's only 3,200 and who also was just locked in in the number four spot tonight in that St. Louis lineup. Um, let's see what the wind is like. Where, are they playing in Wrigley? I think they're playing in Wrigley, right? No, they're playing in St. Louis. Oh, okay. Well, never mind then. But Moss at 3,200, um, I think he's a tremendous value. If you look at his game logs, and I'm going to try and do that real quick. Um, he was 0 for 4 yesterday, but on Saturday he had 21 points. Um, he had four the start before that, and before that 20 and 15. So, um, you know, some nice upside there. Uh, Gerardo Parra at 3,700 is another guy who is kind of interesting to me today. Um, and a guy that I love, just flat out love. And he was moved to the three hole. And I think everyone is looking at Jared. I played Jared Eikhoff, uh the other t- time when he was facing the Padres, but that Mets lineup uh, Conforto in the three hole at 3,400 to me is almost a must play. And then the last guy on my list is Domingo Santana. So, um, out of those guys, what, what, what are your favorites? Well, I love Conforto just like you. Um, I think in the three hole, um, with the, the hitters around him, um, I heard a guy on MLB tonight say he's probably locked into that three hole for the next 10 years. So, you know, it's just something that you like to see. Um, I'm glad you mentioned Brandon Moss. He's a guy that I kind of skimmed over. And the funny thing is I had Domingo Santana in my original lineup, but I wanted to find a couple extra $100 to try and get um, – uh, who was I trying to get in? I think it Conforto. was Conforto. Yep, it was Conforto. So you totally – moved my David Peralta idea down. I like Moss better than Peralta now. Um, and that gave me the flexibility to go Conforto like I wanted. So my three that I like are Conforto, Moss, and Yasmani Tomas with uh, Peralta right behind. And uh, um, there was a guy that I just, oh, Domingo Santana as a, uh, you know, another guy that's a viable option for our listeners out there. Well, we'll chalk one up for the newbie. Hopefully I'm right. And uh, Brandon Moss puts up a good day. Um, what's interesting is if we put in Conforto, Tomas, Moss, that leaves us exactly $4,700 for Nolan Arenado. Um, I don't have a problem going there. Um, but, you know, as we do, we can look at the lineup and that would give us either Panic and Arenado, or we could go with Carpenter and who is our Phillips Phillips and have $300 left over. So uh, first of all, I want to say either way, I, I, I really like this lineup for, uh, the fact that we have the two best pitchers and um, it, it scares me a bit for a GPP, how pretty easily we were able to do this. And I don't know how different our lineup necessarily will be, but if it's the best lineup of the night and it cashes, we'll both be happy. Um, what do you think Phillips and Carpenter, which give us a little bit more on the way of stack uh, potential, or do we just go with the best two players that we were thinking with Panic and Arenado? I'm okay either way. Well, I'm just looking at Arenado's uh, 
opposition and it's Strail. And Strail hasn't pitched more than three innings. He's been pitching out of the bullpen. So I'm guessing he won't go more than five innings. And then Arenado's getting into a rather weak Cincinnati bullpen. And he's just been so hot lately that it's hard to pivot off of him. Um, but well, the thing is, my, I one really question like is, my one question as a newbie is, and again, if we've got the best players, I don't mind you know, moving off of what would be more obvious, which would be the stack. And I, I think that um, that could be our way of being contrarian by not going Phillips and, um, you know, with the stack. But uh, my one question for you, my one concern is, as a newbie, Arenado, how much better does he hit away, uh, you know, in, in Coors Field than away? Uh, I know he had one good day outside of Coors Field, but that's my only concern is that it's a Coors Field hitter not at Coors Field. Well, I mean, he did hit two home runs on the road yesterday. And, you know, even if he doesn't hit home runs, if he can get some extra base hits, get some RBIs, you know, those add up fast. Um, I'm just, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm torn between the two, but I'm just looking at, I know to win a GPP, you're going to have to have a guy that goes off and, you know, this is one of the best guys on the slate. So uh, I don't know. My only, I, my, my only other uh, concern is Yasmani Tomas um, as far as him playing. So what I don't want to have happen, and I'm going to look up uh, what time that game is. Ten, that's ten the o'clock. late game. Yeah, that's the 10 o'clock game. So my only other concern is if Tomas – doesn't get into the lineup and we don't have any flexibility with dollars, are we going to have anyone that we're going to be able to pivot to? Uh, well, here, here's the thing about that. If you don't play a guy coming off a two home run game and uh, a guy that's six for his last 10 with three extra base hits, two of them being homers, then you should be fired as a manager. So, I'm 99.9% sure Tomas will be in the lineup. If he's not, then we pivot off of him and go to his uh, Arizona teammate, Socrates Brito. Okay, good. All right, that's great. Yeah, no, I, I like that. That's that, Let's just make sure salary-wise. Brito's 2800 Tomas is 2800 All right, so uh, I like it. So that allows us to go back to Panic and Arenado. So to those who are listening, all three of you, <laughs> um, I am going to uh, read you the final lineup, and um, I will give you our caveat. This is a real lineup that we will be playing. Um but is if news comes up late, we reserve the right to change the lineup. We don't look to change the lineup, but we're not going to be stupid and just keep in the lineup. It's a lot easier, though, to do this, Mauler, and to keep it with MLB than it was with NBA. But the lineup is Noah Syndergaard, Jose Fernandez, Jordan Pacheco, Justin Boer, Joe Panic at the Disco, Nolan Arenado, Zach Cozart, Michael Comforto, Yasmani Tomas, and Brandon Moss. I think we're done. Yeah, and I like it. Um, And I made a few changes to my lineup that we discussed earlier, Um, you know, going through the lineup with you. And hopefully it pays off. I won't be mad if it doesn't because I think our object is always to score the most points and put the best guys in there. So, Well, I mean, uh, look, even more, even more than NBA with variance, if you're going to be mad at the other guy, um, you know, you should lock oh, no, yourself in a room. I don't get you should lock you. yourself in the room and never listen because – you know, look, the the chances are that someone's going to go over four, but uh, you know, you, you put the best together, you say a little prayer, and you hope that it works out. Um, speaking of prayer and the desire to pray, um, I don't know if it's kosher, if uh, 
that's the way you like to pray, uh, to pray about um, DFS. But if you do and you're looking for a miracle, I'm going to leave us with Jefferson Starship, Miracles, Mauler, always a pleasure to make a lineup with you. I'm excited about this one, and hopefully it does real well. Thanks so much for doing this with me. Yep, thanks for having me, and uh, I feel really good, which probably means we'll finish in last place, but we had a lot of damn fun doing it. Yep, and the last thing I'm going to say is, as a newbie, um, it was shocking to me when uh, we exchanged lineups this morning and literally they were almost identical. Uh, there was a couple guys that were different. I had Conforto in and he had Tomas in. And, um, but uh, again, it just worked out that th- this day that our research led us to the same places. Uh, hopefully that works out good and we get our miracle. Mauler, have a great day. You too, Todd. I will be uh, PayPaling you soon. And uh, hopefully you'll be PayPaling me back a lot more when uh, the games are over tonight. It's going to be huge. (laughs) See ya.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.